0: Welcome to the Weekly House for All Sinners and Saints podcast. This week we have the Gospel reading, followed by a sermon by Nadia Bowles-Weber. Grace, peace, and mercy is yours from the Triune God. Amen. In the last couple weeks, many of us here have been lucky enough to see a little musical called The Book of Mormon. It's an irreverent and profoundly funny look at the culture of religion in general, and the origins of a distinctly American religion in particular. I personally thought it was hilarious and found myself snickering at what feels like some of the crazier ideas in Mormonism. Things like, and I could be wrong about this, but the belief that good Mormon men get to eventually have their own planet. But I didn't. it didn't take long for me to stop snickering and lean over to my husband Matthew and say... Yeah, but the thing is, we claim to eat the flesh and drink the blood of a guy who lived 2,000 years ago, so who's crazy now? (laughs) I mean, all religions are weird, we're just used to ours is all. Every three years, the assigned readings during the summer include five weeks working our way through the sixth chapter of John and what is called the Bread of Life Discourse. And let's just say that if Trey Parker and Matt Stone wrote a musical called The Book of John, they'd have plenty of material just from this chapter alone. In the last five weeks, we've gone from the feeding of the 5,000 to Jesus walking on water in the middle of a storm, which this week I started thinking maybe that wasn't, like he's walking on water in the middle of storms all the time during the Gospels, and I started thinking maybe it's not to be miraculous, maybe he's just trying to get in his cardio. (laughs) Anyhow, so the crowd chased him down, demanding more bread. And then he goes and says that he is the bread of life, come down from heaven, which angered the nice religious folks. And rather than backing off, he makes it even weirder by saying whoever eats his flesh and drinks his blood has eternal life, which is where we pick up today when some of his disciples are like, Jesus, that teaching's hard. Who can accept it? And many of them leave. And I have to say, I don't really blame them. This teaching is hard. But honestly, Jesus had a lot of sayings that were hard. Sayings like, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. You who are without sin, cast the first stone. Sell all you have and give it to the poor. The first shall be last and the last shall be first. And if you seek to save your life, you will lose it. I totally understand the reaction of these disciples who say, These teachings are hard. Who can accept them? But this week, I started to wonder if maybe those disciples didn't really have to leave Jesus. I mean, when we make the accepting of hard teachings the litmus test for being a follower of Jesus, I wonder if we perhaps are missing the point altogether. Recently, I was describing how many different types of people come to this church, and was asked by a colleague what it is that unites all these different kinds of people here at House for All Sinners and Saints. Is it a belief, they asked, and I looked at them like, what, in a doctrine? (laughs) And of course I answered no. I mean, I have a very clear and perhaps shockingly orthodox Lutheran theological perspective, but honestly, you guys believe all sorts of stuff. (laughs) You'll have to trust me on that. I mean, a few of you are theologically Lutheran, but the rest of you guys are everything really from agnostic to evangelical, and strangely, a couple of you are both things at once. So while we are pretty Christocentric here, and unapologetically so, I mean, when we're, we're like obviously pretty into Jesus, accepting a certain doctrine is ultimately not that which unites us. I think what unites us isn't a doctrine. I think it's actually a table. And it's a table that's open to all in which we receive this bread of life come down from heaven. The body and blood of Christ is what unites us and makes us a church. Hopefully, not in like a prideful, see-how-inclusive-we-are sort of way. Hopefully, in a, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life kind of way we are all welcomed each week as we were a few minutes ago with the news that we have an open table at house and that means that everyone without exception is invited to come forward and receive bread and wine which for us is the body and blood of christ and some of us have perhaps grown so used to this that we don't realize how radical that is given the history of christian practice For as much difference there is in the Christian church, Roman Catholicism, snake-handling Pentecostalism, polite Presbyterianism, emotional Evangelicalism, intellectual Lutheranism, for as much as we differ in the body of Christ, the one thing most Christian traditions actually have in common is some form of communion, which makes it all the more ironic that the very thing we all seem to have in common is the thing that so often divides us. A lot has been spilled in the history of the church over issues of who gets to take and serve communion. A lot of ink and a lot of blood. Sadly, the way we as Christians have historically responded to the gift of the Eucharist is to make sure we understand it, then to make sure we put boundaries around it, and then to make sure we enforce both the correct understanding and the correct boundaries. But on the night Jesus was betrayed, he didn't say, this is my body broken for you, understand this in remembrance of me. He didn't say, accept this, or defend this, or boundary this in remembrance of me. He just said, do this. It is a hard teaching that God would be made human and walk among us, that this Christ would offer his own flesh for the sake of another world, that he would do this knowing what scoundrels sat around his table that night he was betrayed, and that he would do it anyhow, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when we at house start to feel even slightly self-congratulatory about our inclusivity, we might do well to remember two things— One, the 12 disciples who sat around that table included Judas the betrayer and Peter the denier. And the reason Judas and Peter make us cringe is that there is that of the Christ betrayer and the Christ denier in all of us. And it is precisely that part of us which Jesus seeks to make whole with his broken body. And two, every time we enter this space, we pass that mural of the Last Supper that we created last year. And what some of you might not realize is that the disciples in that mural were created out of images of people or that within ourselves that we wish were not invited to the table. This teaching is hard. Who can accept it? It is hard to accept that our enemies receive the same forgiveness and grace and redemption as we do. But sometimes, honestly, it's even harder to accept not just that God welcomes all, But that God welcomes all of me, all of you. Even that within us which we wish to hide, that we think should not be invited to the table. The part that cursed at our children this week, or drank alone, or has a problem with lying, or hates our body, or parts within us that suffer from depression and can't admit it, or is too fearful to give our money away, or is riddled with shame over our sexuality, or cheats on taxes. All these parts of us which we wish Jesus had the good sense to not welcome to his table are invited to taste and see that the Lord is good. All of who we are is welcomed to his table to see that the gifts of God are free and for all and for all. This teaching is hard. Who can accept it? But as your preacher today, please hear that I am not asking you to accept it. I am only asking you to do it. Because here at this table, you can bring the most broken pieces of your life. Here you can bring the most broken pieces of this world. Here you can bring the most broken pieces of yourself, and you can receive with no payment or no worthiness on your part the equally broken body of Jesus Christ. You need not understand it or accept it. You need not put boundaries or defenses around it. You need only do it. So come with all of who you are and receive the living bread. Come down from heaven. Receive life and forgiveness and salvation with all the other broken saints and gleaming sinners. For it is this that unites us in the love of a powerful God. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this recording, Please consider making a donation to keep House for All Sinners and Saints thriving. Go to houseforall.org and click on the PayPal link on the front page. Your donations are deeply appreciated. If you'd like to read more, you can find our pastor's blog at www.patheos.com blogs slash Nadia Bowles Weber.